Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. For there is born to you, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, would you? We bless you, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. Well, Merry Christmas. We are so glad you're here worshiping with us today. If you're visiting with us, welcome to New Covenant. We're glad you're here. And... uh We want more than anything else to lift up the name of Jesus and He to be glorified in you. Have you had a good Christmas? It's just going to get better. It's just going to get better. You know, the tragedy of Christmas would be that we would miss the Christ of Christmas. That we would miss the Christ in the midst of Christmas. And it's easy to get so busy and so... uh, caught up in the things and the wrappings and the trappings of Christmas to to just kind of forget about what it's all about. We've been looking together over the last couple of weeks at the revelation of Christmas from the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels that's recorded in the New Testament. Matthew and Luke have the story that we often call the Christmas story. But John has the revelation. John wrote his gospel probably 70, 60 to 70 years after Jesus was born. He wrote it to bring back to the forefront the Christ who had come. The deity of the one who was born that first Christmas morning. You see, in John's gospel... In John's Christmas story, there's no Joseph, there's no Mary, there's no Bethlehem, there's no manger, no stable, no shepherds, no wise men, no star, no angels, not even a baby. But there is the one who is to be praised above all others, who is Christ Jesus, our Lord. And he wanted to get across to us and to all who would hear. That that babe born that Christmas morning was born for you. For all people, for all time. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the revelation, the message of the Creator. And the Word was with God, and God's Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now look at verse 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man who comes into the world. John uses the word logos to talk about that the uncreated creator came to be born into humanity to be the full manifestation and expression of God himself. He did so to so identify with us so completely that we could come to know and trust God for ourselves. In Him was life. He, the life giver Himself, was birthed in Christ on that Christmas morning. 
the source and resource of all life, came to be born a baby, to live life the way we would live it. And that life, it says, was the light of men. In verse 9, it says, it was the true light which gives light to every man. Literally, Jesus' life turned on the light so that all would have the opportunity to see what God is like and in response come to experience real life for ourselves. What an amazing gift, indescribable and yet perfect. But I want you to look at verse 10 in John chapter 1. He, Jesus, the Logos, the uncreated creator born in flesh, was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came unto his own and his own did not receive him. The word, God, deity in the flesh, born into humanity, the light of life that illuminates every person came unto his own. God came to be born in the very creation He had made in Jesus. But even more than that, He came to be born to His chosen, in His chosen place, Israel, Israel, the promised land. He came to be born of His own people, His chosen people, Israel. The God who had dwelt in Shekinah glory over the mercy seat in the holy place of the temple now had come to be born in the presence of his own people again. He came to the ones who said they were looking for him. He came to the ones who said they were longing for him. He came to the very ones who should have had the greatest opportunity to recognize him. But the most tragic words that you can read in Scripture is... His own did not receive Him. These words hardly make sense. God came to be with His people and His people would not accept Him. They would not acknowledge Him to be who He really was. Verse 10 says, The world did not know Him. Verse 11 says, His own did not receive Him. There's a big difference here. The world is charged with ignorance, with indifference. Jesus, a baby being born in Bethlehem, that that day was nothing extraordinary. It was no way in to be drawing attention. And yet, in verse 11, it says, His own people who should have known, who ought to have known, did not receive Him. The world is... Ignorant, the people, his own people, are charged with unbelief and rejection. They ought to have known. There are over 800 prophecies of Jesus' birth, life, and death in the Scripture, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. And even when the wise men, the Magi, came following the star, Matthew says that... uh, Herod, they were seeking the one who was born king and basically saying to Herod, and he's not in your house. Where is he? Herod, king at that time, a a puppet king, gets shook up. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, and when he had gathered all the chief priests, and so... While these wise men came to looking for the, for the one who was born king, 
Herod goes for his wise men, the chief priests and scribes, to ask them, where is the Christ going to be born? He inquired of them. Verse 4, it says, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah. For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They're quoting Micah 5, verse 2, written... Four to six hundred years before Jesus was born. These people knew the prophecies. They knew the prophets. They could tell, they could tell King Herod where he's going to be born. They knew the prophets, but they didn't believe the prophecy. These wise men, and boy, that's a, that's an interesting thing, take to, to find out who these wise men were. These magi had journeyed a thousand miles to worship the newborn king. But God's own people wouldn't travel six miles south of Jerusalem to find out if it's true. They wouldn't go six miles. You see, the tragedy of Christmas is that we celebrate all the things and miss the Christ. You see, ignorance is not the issue. Unbelief is the issue. Why would they not receive him? He didn't fit their interpretation. Their idea of what he would be like. He didn't fit their plans. Their life was now planned out to live for God. And they were busy working their plan. They were looking for Him someday, but not today. The real tragedy is is that Jesus is here right now. And still, few recognize Him and even fewer receive Him for who He is. The life, the light, the Lord. You see, John penned these words after the life and death and resurrection and ascension and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. John was writing these words to be, to bring back to our attention the revelation of the one who had come. Jesus is alive. Jesus is speaking today, but who's listening? Jesus is moving today, but who's responding? And why not? Because we too have our theology. We have our expectations, our plans, and we're working our plan. We too look for Him someday, but not today. Here's the tragedy. While we defend our positions and our practices, we too can miss the person of Jesus Christ. But John's not through. Look at verse 12. But. I love the buts of Scripture. The but. But is a little conjunction. It's like a hinge upon which the destinies swing that can change everything. And all in the middle of the tragedy of of God's own people rejecting Him. It says, but. But as many as received Him. 
To them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. The tragedy of their rejection on that day didn't stand in the way of God's revelation and plan for our day. As many as. It's the same as saying, whosoever will. Whosoever will receive. It means to take as your own, to accept, to identify with, and believe in your heart. That means to rest the whole weight of your life upon the one whom you trust. It's being convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who is alive today, who reveals Himself, and through He reveals God and He redeems man. But the key word here is neither receive nor believe. The key word here is Him. Receive Him. Believe Him. You see, you don't receive something at Christmas, you receive someone. You don't believe something, you believe someone. It's the person, not the prescription, that is believed and received. To them, as many as received Him, to them, He gave the right, the exousia, the power, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. Jew or Gentile, rich or poor, illiterate or educated, as many as receive and believe Him, God gives the right, the privilege to become, to be made, to come to exist as children begotten of God. God's own offspring, born into His family, a partaker of His divine nature, legally authorized to claim the full inheritance. Being His child means that everything that is His is yours. You have the right, the privilege, this morning, to bear His image, to use His name, to abide in His presence, to lay claim to His inheritance, and to live for His honor. Why? Verse 13, because you were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but you were born of God. You were born, begotten, caused to come to in, into existence, not of blood. The literal word in Greek here is bloods. It's plural. Not of bloods. Well, what does that mean? It means not of bloodline. You weren't, you don't become a Christian because you have the right bloodline. Or you have the right heredity. Or you were born in a Christian home. Not of blood. It's not a matter of heredity. It's not a, nor of the will of the flesh. Not by sexual desire or intimacy or by any human agency. You're not born again because somebody decided to. Nor of the will of man. Not by the well-intentioned efforts of friends. Nor by the persuasive powers of any preacher. But you are born, begotten, brought into existence by, out of God. God exerts His own sovereign, loving power and choice to make you to come to exist as His own son and daughter. Begotten of God. Spiritually birthed into His realm, His reality, with His life. That's Christmas. Let me just share a little truth with you. You are really, if you really look at it, if you're a born-again believer this morning, you are closer to Jesus today than Joseph was the day he was born. 
closer than the shepherds who saw and heard the angels and went to worship him. You're closer than the wise men who followed the star and laid their gifts before him. How can that be? Because this same Jesus who came to be flesh died and rose again and ascended to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit not to just be with his people, but to be in his people. Now it's not only Jesus who lived on earth with man, who died for the sins of man, but now Jesus Christ Himself can live in me by the person of the Holy Spirit. You can't get any closer to God than that. Christmas doesn't find its fullness of meaning for any individual until you allow the Christmas reality to happen within you personally by the reception and the indwelling of the life of the risen Lord Jesus who was born in a manger and who ascended to a throne. When you accept Jesus, Christmas comes alive and is enacted every day as we allow Jesus to become the manifestation of His divine character in our life and behavior, within our families, our workplace, our culture, or wherever we might be. Jesus was born to be born in you, through you, for this time. And forevermore, eternally, without limit. The very character and ability and nature of Jesus himself is, as, is available to you today as he was to Israel that day. As many as receive him. To those who believe on his name. That's the revelation of Christmas. It's not just history. It can be your story. The last two weeks, I've concluded the messages with a, with a story. The first week I told you about a, a father and a son who loved art and the son goes to war and he dies. And when the father dies, they auction off all of his valuable artwork and people come from all over. But it was the one who took the son that got everything else. Then last week I told you a story about Stan, an alcoholic, who came to find the Jesus who was really alive. Was he believing in the historical man or the God who became the life-changing light of life? This morning and this week as I studied, I asked the Lord, Lord, what story? What story? And this is what I think I heard. The story is what you're writing today. It's your story. You see, it's not a story of history. It's the story of Jesus alive in you. For this day, for this time, for this season. You are right now either tragically not being indifferent to Jesus or you right now are literally receiving the life of Jesus Christ who is Himself the story writer of your life and your future. Do you know Jesus, the Son of God, who lived the life God intended for all men to live, who died to pay sin's price and rose from death and the grave by the power of a sinless life? As many as receive Him, 
whosoever will. I want you to stand with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never really trusted the living Lord Jesus. The Christ who came on Christmas, but who is enthroned through the exaltation of the resurrected life. Do you know Him? If you don't know Him, let me just lead you in a prayer. If you pray a prayer, just receive it as if it's your own. I'll just give you some words. But pray for yourself. Maybe you already know Him and you know He's writing your story. And maybe you're saying, okay, Lord, I I need you to refresh this life in me. Here's what I would pray and I invite you to pray. Jesus, I accept you as the Son of God, the Redeemer of man. Forgive my sin, my blindness, my ignorance, and my unbelief. I receive you now. Come live your life in me. Write your story through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, or if you have prayer need this morning, Jim and Gail Lowe are over at the back there to receive or make a connection point for you to pray. But I want us just to worship the one who came. Join the worship team as they lead us.
Thank you for listening to this week's message.